Hey guys, I'm Alex. And I'm Matt, and we're building the dream Duluth. Today we're here with Jacob P. Erickson. Jacob P. Erickson is a financial advisor here in Duluth. Um, I've actually, I met Jake about a year ago, and at that time he asked me, what does a financial advisor do? Do you know what I do for work? And not wanting to look stupid, I said, obviously, I know what you do. You advise people's finances. <laughs> Uh, to which he said, okay, let's uh, grab coffee sometime and I'll explain it a little bit more. Um, I was blown away by all the information that he had regarding stocks, IRA, Roth IRA, the difference. And it really helped me to kind of understand finances. So we're going we're gonna to interview and dive deep today into the life of a financial advisor. And after that great interview, we'll start off with giving us two interesting facts about yourself. Um, two interesting facts. So fact number one, I once cliff jumped into a school of jellyfish in Australia. That's not one that a lot of people know about me. <laughs> um, the second is that I'm probably the only person you'll ever meet that sprained both their ankles within an hour of each other. Well, wow. Um, <laughs> so did you, have to, did you get peed on for the jellyfish thing? Did people pee on No, no, no they, they didn't sting me. They were river, river jellyfish. Okay, yeah, okay, so. okay. Big difference. Big difference. Um, <laughs> so like I said, I've known Jake for a, about a year now, so I know quite a bit about his story. Um, and it's really, it's honestly really inspiring, uh, personal, and it really shows uh, in the passion for that he has for what he does. So Jake, uh, can you tell us why you got into the financial advising industry uh, along with the personal story? Yeah, so um, first off, great question. Um, I got into the advising industry for a couple of reasons. Um, first, uh, I actually started investing when I was in high school. I invested with an advisor um, that my uncle had previously worked with, mm -hmm. and I really didn't know what to do with my money. So I sought, sought, sought out a financial advisor and said, hey, there's a couple things I wanna learn. I wanna learn how do stocks work, pretty simple, mm -hmm. and how do I budget my money? And my financial advisor ended up teaching me a ton. I actually ended up interning um, throughout college for in a financial advising internship, and that really piqued my interest. And I think at the end of the day, what it came down to is I saw uh, my family members, we're, we're all business owners to some extent. Mm -hmm. um, I think my family members could have really benefited from someone like me in their worlds. And mm -hmm. I think at the end of the day, having somebody like Troy, my previous advisor, in my world and giving me the education at a young age was really, really important. And I feel like if I can provide that for people, um, not only my family, friends, but my clients as well, I can make a really big impact. So that's the main reason why I got in is just to be able to educate people from an early age onward um, and give advice. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Nice. So walk us through a normal day of a financial advisor. So the beautiful <laughs> thing about being a financial advisor is not every day is the same. Um, they're all polar opposite. I think if, if you want to really dummy it down to what I do every day, there's a couple things that we definitely hit home on every day. We're making phone calls to people, um, getting on the phone and just trying to get in front of clients um, or potential clients, buying people coffee, so on and so forth. Um, we're having client meetings. That's the majority of my day from nine to five. There's a phrase we like to say around here. You're seeing people and you're fighting to see people. That's essentially <laughs> what we're doing. Um, before nine, uh, we're doing emails, uh, checking LinkedIn, whatever it is. But between nine and five, you got to get in front of people during business hours. Yeah. Um, outside of that, there's a lot of administrative work behind the scenes. Uh, Paperwork. Yeah. All the fun, the fun part of your job, right? <laughs> Not really, I, I think putting, uh, putting final touches on financial plans, uh, making sure that everything is set for the next day. Um, there's a lot more that goes on behind the scenes than I think people actually understand. Well, exactly, and that's that's kind of what we're here to find out about. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for yourself, for, for Jacob P. Erickson, what does your morning routine look like? Uh, what's the difference between having like a successful, productive day 
and not having a productive day? Yeah, so I think that's something that um, transparently, being 25 years old, is something I think a lot of young people struggle with, is the morning morning routine. Um, I'm not going to necessarily say I'm any different there. Uh, I'd say at least three times a week I'm at the gym by about 6 o'clock, which those days typically tend to be a little bit more productive than other days. Absolutely. Um, No, most days we're in the office by about 7.30. I think a typical morning routine is hop in the shower, um, listen to some kind of podcast or some kind of audio book. That's one thing I love to do every morning just to get get your mind rolling. Exactly. Um, Have a quick breakfast and then either, you know, hit the gym or come into work early. Mm -hmm. Um, And really, there's nothing crazy going on. It's just yeah. reading, listen to audiobooks, get some food in you, and potentially get a workout, and mm-hmm. let's hit the ground running. Yeah. So uh, my morning routine isn't the same every day, but at least three days a week, uh, I try to keep pretty consistent. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Gotcha. So on your good days and even your not so good days, what are your responsibilities for your clients? That's a good question. Um, that's a tough one because I think the once again the beauty of this job is that every day is different and every mm-hmm. client is different. So I think really the responsibilities as a financial advisor, and this is tough at a young age, is to tell people what they need to hear and not what they want to hear. Um, and we get into some very, very difficult and very uncomfortable conversations when it comes to finances because mm-hmm. this is something that there's a social stigma around talking around finances and I think people need an outlet to actually um, converse around what worries them, what keeps them up at night, what are they proud of. Um, And I think that's something really when it comes down to what are my core responsibilities. It's just being open and honest, giving people a platform to discuss something that's uncomfortable to talk about and telling people what they need to hear. Mm -hmm. So I think the responsibilities, once again, they vary day to day and client to client. But if you look at kind of uh, the core one or two responsibilities, open and honest and telling people what they need to hear. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so like you had mentioned, um, not every day is the same. So the work of a financial advisor is not for the unorganized. Uh, <laughs> you have, uh, um, between holding meetings and scheduling your day, um, every bit of business that you do is because of yourself, because of what you're, what you're doing and what you've done. Uh, what, what keeps you on track? How do you stay consistently busy, um, when not working just like a regular, um, like hourly day? Yeah, so this is something that early on in my career I really did struggle with. Um, mm-hmm. If meetings canceled or something came up throughout the day, um, we'd really, me and my team would just essentially go do whatever we needed to do. Mm-hmm. So one thing that we've found is that uh, staying organized, calendar management. I yeah. live and die by my calendar now. <laughs> like literally everything is in my calendar, even if it's going to play basketball or go get a couple beers with some friends. Like it's all in my calendar. So mm-hmm. that was a, that was a big piece of this. And I think young people, especially professionals, need to utilize a calendar, whether it's a, a passion planner you're physically writing it out or if it's an online like I use Outlook um, I think it's phenomenal so that that's one thing and then the second thing is that um, I worked on building out a list so when something fell off the books I know there's one or two or three things that I automatically go do right away whether it's going and making phone calls or checking emails or going on LinkedIn like there's a guaranteed I know something falls off in my day or something uh, basically opens up that I know what I'm going to do every time okay and that's come with time this yeah. didn't happen overnight yeah. well this exactly is, it's a work in progress yeah, so I'm sure and I'm sure you're not perfect at it even yet <laughs> no not even close but you know after I just hit my fourth four-year anniversary at Northwestern last week um, which felt which felt awesome <laughs> thanks um, but I think one thing to keep in mind there is that it just takes time um, it's just like working out. It doesn't happen um, overnight. It's just yeah. like saving money. You're building a muscle, right? Mm-hmm. You're building that organization muscle, and I'm not perfect, not even close. <laughs> yes. um, but that's something that's come with time. And that's what we're all about here at Building the Dream. Is we're not to the very end. We're working on it day in, day out, just trying to get to where we want to be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
So the reason I chose you as my personal financial advisor is that you practice what you preach. Can you tell us about the importance of working with a professional who truly believes in the financial products that they're selling? Yeah, I think one thing that it comes down to is just belief, right, and understanding. Um, I know I put my money where my mouth is, which is, I don't think, I don't think all financial advisors do, especially at a young age, because mm -hmm. what we're preaching is difficult to do from a, a budget standpoint, from an investment standpoint, from an insurance standpoint. Um, I think if you don't have a core belief in what you sell and you don't own what you sell, I think that's something that uh, younger people, um, especially, especially millennials, because a lot of us are millennials, right? Um, all of us. Actually, all of us. Yeah, 100% <laughs> all, of us, all of us are millennials. <laughs> I think one thing that I've noticed is that any interaction I have with another professional, um, the individuals, especially in sales, that own what they are, they're trying to sell, mm -hmm. like that's a completely different conversation because they can speak with confidence on it. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing that anything I recommend to my clients, there's a very, very high chance that I'm either putting as much, if not more, into my own financial plan with that respective product. Mm -hmm. That's why I can speak with confidence because we've vetted it out and I actually know where my money's going. So I think that's something that, you know, that just comes with time as well. My financial plan four years ago was like 50 bucks a month to do a savings account. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty embarrassing, but um, now it's, uh, I'm pretty proud of my financial plan. And, you know, we try to help clients understand the importance of doing that. And all, I, I don't have any problem with laying out my financial plan for people if it gives them clarity. So I think that's something that most millennials, especially in sales, need to understand is that, hey, own what you sell. Practice what you preach. That's yep. one of the biggest things that Grant Cardone preaches as well, is that it, you can't sell it to somebody unless you're totally sold yourself. Mm -hmm. um, so like you said, you've been here You've been here for four years now. Yep. You've dealt with a lot of people. Uh, what's, a, what's a personal experience or like something that maybe comes up occasionally that is, that's very difficult or something um, that, that you struggle with? In the regard to the business as far as having conversations? Uh, yeah, I guess just something that something that people don't understand that's, um, you know, just kind of a struggle for you or something, something difficult. Yeah, I think, so one, <laughs> dealing with people, <laughs> right? um, given the fact that most of my market too is, you know, tw probably that 25, 26 to 40, um, okay. and then 55 plus is kind of generally my market. Mm -hmm. um, I think one thing that I, I struggle with every day um, is just handling difficult conversations and dealing with people, because people oh, yeah. aren't, uh, I don't want to say aren't reliable, um, but at the end of the day, but are reliable. But are reliable. <laughs> um, no, but people change their minds, there's stuff that comes up, there's outside influences that we can't control, um, mm -hmm. which is quite difficult to deal with at times. Mm -hmm. um, I also think, you know, at the end of the day, understanding where people are coming from is really difficult as well. Because mm -hmm. one thing we try to do, me and my team, is put ourselves into a client's shoes, right? So you're driving downtown, you're coming to an office you've never been in before, mm -hmm. right? You're talking to someone that you've never met before off a referral from one of your friends or family mm -hmm. members that you trust, so that's why you're here. But I think at the end of the day, um, that's something that I, it's difficult to cope with to begin with because people are coming here laying out their entire financial world in front of us and that's not an easy thing to do. I like yeah. to say people are in their financial planning bathing suit and getting people to divulge stuff that they've probably never talked about with anyone, even sometimes even with their spouses, uh, that's difficult. So I think just dealing with people every single day is one of the more difficult things in my job um, because some people are awesome and some people suck. No, I mean, at the end of the day, it is what it is. So I think that's something that you can't really ever guarantee anything's going to happen because people flip-flop all the time. So yeah. Yeah. Um, that's probably one of the more difficult parts of this job. Yeah. And I'm sure people often, they think they know better, or they know best, and, and you're the professional in that yeah. field. So you have to convince them that, hey, um, that's a good idea, but we could do this as well. Yeah. <laughs> and I, th I think that's something that's a fine line between 
it's a difficult. I should re-answer this. Um, it's a difficult line to walk between being a friend mm-hmm. and being a financial advisor. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, you need to be friendly enough where people can trust you, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or really, with any sales job, but you also have to lay down the law at some point. Mm-hmm. So I think walking that, yeah, and walking yeah. that line where you give you give clients flexibility to go do their own research and give mm-hmm. them resources to do that. Mm-hmm. But still, if they come back and they're way, way, way derailed, bringing them back into that kind of that, hey, okay, let's focus on this and let's make sure you might know more in one specific area because mm-hmm. you've read about it for 40 hours. Yeah. But let's talk about how we can talk about this entire financial plan and really bring it back into the middle. Yeah. So okay. that's something too. I, I agree. Um, at the end of the day, people go do their own research and sometimes people come in and say they think they absolutely know more than me. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't happen that often, um, especially for being a young person. So that's refreshing. Yeah. Most people, if they're in this office, they're at least open um, to a conversation, open to learning. I think that's the biggest thing about yeah. dealing with people. You have to be open to learn. Yeah. So hope that answers it. <laughs> So why is it important for a young person specifically to seek out a financial advisor? Oh my goodness. Why is it important for a young person? That I'd argue that being a young person is probably more important than talking to someone like me um, than even when you're getting closer to retirement. I think the reason being is because much like the analogy I used earlier of working out, right? So when you start working out, you feel that lactic acid building, it burns, it hurts, you're sore. Mm-hmm. And, but over time, right, obviously you become less sore and you start to see progress. Well, I think the same thing with finances is I'll reference my first savings plan, 50 bucks a month. Like I felt that I was in college. I'm like, I can't really do this. But I think over time, as you work that savings muscle and that investing muscle and that insurance muscle, mm-hmm. you don't really feel it as much anymore. And then, you know, 12 months, 24 months, 36 months down the road, you're in a completely different spot than you were three years ago. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something important because with young people, financial planning isn't difficult. It's really not. Um, it's it's really just building that muscle of savings because accumulating wealth is quite easy. Um, I think the distribution of wealth on the back end is a little bit harder. But when you're young, just building habits, understanding yeah. how to budget, understanding how to save, how to invest. So mm-hmm. I think that's why you know millennials in general need this need this education. And this whether they work with us or not, so that people will take something from our conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think the education piece of it is really really big. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You start. You learn early, and you. By the time you retire, you're good at it. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, hopefully, I mean, that's, 35 years in, you're good that's, at it. That's the plan. <laughs> um, so this this is something that I was completely unaware of prior to uh, <clears throat> sitting down and talking with Jacob P. Erickson. Um, but what is the difference between uh, a fiduciary and a broker? Yeah, so that's a um, great question. First off, I think. Um, a fiduciary and a broker, there's really two types of financial advisors and some people find themselves in the middle as well. Mm-hmm. Um, a broker is kind of your traditional financial advisor. Um, they can sell you a product. Most of them base, are, are paid solely off commissions. Okay. Um, I, don't, I don't perceive there to be a negative stigma with commissions. I think if done correct, they're a great way to get compensated. Mm-hmm. Um, a fiduciary, on the other hand, can do fee-based planning. They can charge for their time um, and they have a legal obligation to recommend what's in their client's best interest and it has to be able to be held up in a court of law. So okay. I think there's a big difference there. Um, so understanding that anybody that you work with, whether they're a full-time fiduciary or they have the capacity to do fiduciary planning, that's a huge piece of this because any recommendation they make, they can be held liable for. Mm-hmm. So that's a great question. So it's in their best interest to give you your best interest. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I think there's just at the end of the day more transparency Yeah, is what it comes yeah. down to. I mean, Northwestern Mutual is a great firm. From the get-go as an intern, we had to be very, very, very clear with how we get compensated. Um, and even now, down the road, it's it's just transparency is big in our field because one of the first things that people come in and think about is 
how's this guy get paid? How's yeah. this gal get paid? Yeah. Right. So just being clear about it, because I think the way we're compensated is absolutely wonderful. Mm -hmm. I know if we do really good work down the road, we will get paid. Whether it's you work with us today or five years from now, if we build trust and we build beautiful financial plans, we'll get our money on the back end. I'm mm -hmm. not ever worried about that. Cool. And so speaking on your whole planning in general, we all agree that uh, insurance is not a sexy topic. No, it's not at all. <laughs> <laughs> but why is it an, import an important part of your overall financial plan? Well, I think insurance, especially for young people, it's not sexy. It's not fun to talk about because what are we talking about? We're talking about mortality. Yep. Mm -hmm. We're talking about you dying. We're talking about you getting disabled. Those aren't sexy conversations. And I think one thing that we stumble across is that a lot of the financial plans that we audit from other advisors don't have any insurance planning done because it's difficult to understand. Conceptually, it's hard to understand for mm -hmm. advisors and clients. Yeah. Um, it's not fun to talk about. And once again, ultimately, what it comes down to is talking about your demise, right? Mm -hmm. Someday you won't be here. Someday you may get disabled and that's not fun. Mm -hmm. But I think it's really important. And at the end of the day, part of the reason too why I got into this, um, I'll share this with you guys. I think both of you know this, but um, I lost my mom five and a half years ago. My mom had no life insurance. Um, she had essentially nothing drawn up on the back end properly. Um, she had some stuff in place, but at the end of the day, I think seeing the really crappy side of financial planning, like the really, really crappy side is part of the reason why I have such a um, conviction in insurance planning. Like, and just working with clients, um, having claims, like at the end of the day, um, when you see that side of planning and it's done improperly, you wanna make sure that no matter what, whether it's your best friend or worst enemy, that they don't have to go through the feeling of improper financial planning. So that's a lot of the reason why insurance planning is important and it's not for everybody being very clear It has to fit the financial plan, but at the end of the day at least becoming educated around it I think that's the biggest piece if yeah, you guys are seeing that, cons that consistent theme of education That's what we try to do because even if it's not for you and you disagree with our recommendations or agree with them Well, you sure as heck are gonna understand the products you're gonna understand why we're making our recommendation mm -hmm. So giving it at least giving you the confidence to be able to go make that decision with the resources we give you Yeah, that's a big piece of insurance planning. Yeah Cool. So for, for yourself, um, what's the most inspiring part of your job? Um, you know, what, why do you love your job? Oh man, <laughs> that's a tough one. There's a lot of good things. Um, number one, <laughs> the long hours, people say no. <laughs> um, no, I think the best part about my job, um, I'll give you a twofold answer here. First is that just once again, not every day is the same. Yeah. I can come to work and there can be an absolute firestorm of bad stuff going on or can be the greatest day on the planet, right? And I never know what I'm going to get myself into. Right? Um, so that, that's one good thing is that it's never never the same, mm. right? As much as I'd like to say, hey, this is awesome. We're doing the same thing every single day. We're not, right? Well, I don't, think that, I don't think that would be awesome personally. Oh. So. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> Some people love it. Um, but I think the real reason is when you get to see a tangible impact you have on people. Um, because with financial planning, a lot of the stuff we're talking about is not tangible. A Roth IRA, you can't yeah. touch, see, feel it. Life insurance, you can't touch, see, feel it. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of conceptual, but I mean, I've helped people purchase their first house, save up for their first house and buy it, which is an awesome feeling. Mm -hmm. um, I've helped people retire early and retire with confidence, the fact that they will not run out of money. That's a really, really cool feeling to be able to <laughs> say, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Client, you can hang up the boots tomorrow. You don't have to but you can if you want to, and I can say it with conviction, mm -hmm. right? That's really cool. Um, and even if it's some of the smaller stuff, um, just budgeting, helping people understand, hey, maybe you can only save $50 a month into a savings account right now, mm -hmm. but that $50 to you and me might not seem like a lot, but to that person, it might be the whole world. 
Yeah. Right. So the cool thing about my job is that the people we, we meet with, I don't care how old you are, how much money you make, at the end of the day, if you're a good person, I'll help you and educate you. So that's the coolest part of what my job is, whether it's just simply opening up a savings account for somebody and helping them there or doing an entire financial plan or doing benefits benefits for employers and helping out all their employees. Like there's so much that we can do and it's really, really cool. Yeah. And that's the best part. You don't see it right away. And that's what I think a lot of young people in sales, specifically in financial advising, struggle with because there's a lot of delayed gratification. Mm-hmm. This that's is there's one. there's no instant gratification in this business whatsoever. So um, <clears throat> I'm finally starting to see it with some of the clients I've been working with for four years now, and it's it's really cool. Like some of the relationships you build, truly become friendships. Yeah, and absolutely. I think that's I mean, I, yeah. I, I think we can attest to it. But that's one of the coolest parts is I get to help people in a way that is tangible eventually. Um, and I build really, really cool friendships with people. Yeah, like when they can afford to buy a boat or a bigger house and all those <laughs> kinds of things. Then <laughs> <laughs> it becomes tangible. <laughs> yeah, help them save for the boat and hopefully get taken out on it. Yeah, <laughs> that's the goal. Perks of the job. Perks of the job. <laughs> that was a good question. Well, we want to thank you for giving us your time. This was a very insightful interview, and I even learned some more through it. So Yeah, well, I, I appreciate it, guys. Absolutely. Um, one thing, self-plug for these guys, you got to go follow them. You got to <laughs> like the videos. Um, what these guys are putting together and um, building really entrepreneurship knowledge is super important. So these guys are absolutely killing it. Building a dream is freaking awesome. You got to follow their page and watch their videos, not just because I'm talking. Go watch all the other videos. So. <laughs> and then a little plug for Jake. He's agreed to give a free consultation. Um, to all of our viewers. Uh, so if you just want a little bit, learn a little bit more, um, potentially like I did, you can get a free cup of coffee or two out of it. Um, <laughs> you can give him a call. Uh, otherwise, if you're just looking to call to get a date with him, um, good luck because <laughs> the line is so long that your bonds will probably mature before, before you get to the to the actual date. So, <laughs> uh, but he's always here to help you out financially. Absolutely, absolutely. So you're saying there's a chance. You're saying there's a chance. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Yep. You're welcome. Cool. Awesome. Fancy. Thanks, guys. Woo!